Welcome to Brews Rock, your ultimate backstage pass to the captivating tales behind your beloved brews. Get ready for an immersive journey into the craft brewing universe every Friday, where we'll uncover the secrets and inspire you to be part of this extraordinary community. Hi, I'm Adrian. And I'm Jeff. Join us this week as we chat with our friend, Matt Hayes, the brewery supervisor at Foothills Brewing. We sat down to talk about his journey into the beer world and then went on a tour of their amazing facility. If you're interested in the technical side of brewing, you're in the right place. So come along and let's dive in. So we like to start every episode with just like getting you to introduce yourself, how you got in to where you are here now. And And where are we? Yeah, where where we're at. Yeah, yeah. I'm Matt Hayes. I've been here nine years. I went to school for criminal justice. Gardner Webb and I was in loss prevention, OSHA stuff. Mm-hmm. One of the guys was in a classroom from Syracuse, New York. They were like, hey, you want to come over and homebrew? And I was, I drank beer, but it was like Yingling, Heineken, if I want to get fancy. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't really craft beer about it. And that was like 2010, 11, something like yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah, I went there. He would, he did like Arsenal Mash or something like that. Mm-hmm. I liked it, obviously. And um, I remember that Christmas, I got a Northern Brewer kit. And I started doing that. I was, I mean, I was doing extract cord first and. So I was just learning, kept going. I just went to all grain, as they say, and I got a bunch of like mega pots and all that kind of stuff and started home brewing for probably about two or three years. Okay. I'm from Clemens, which is right yeah. close on the road. Then it was just Foothills. It was Red Oak, but that's kind of, that's a ways. That's, that's a ways, yeah. yeah. Foothills, Foothills was pretty big back then still. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that was it. I'd gone in there and, you know, went and ate and drank. Um, so I just went online to see if they were hiring. And they said they had an assistant brewer position. And I was thinking, all right, I was like, hey, I know a little bit, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to get my foot in the door. And yeah, I applied and I, I thought I knew more than I did. I still don't know much, but I, I know a little more now. Oh, yeah. They were like, yeah, I have an assistant brewer, but it's more or less uh, packaging. And I was like, I don't care. I started on the packaging line and then I was watching kegs pretty quickly. Watched kegs for a while, filled kegs. Back then it was a little different. We have a different structure now, but it was really good because I was able to wash kegs in the morning and get all that stuff done. And then I was able to do some of the assistant brewing stuff, like lay out hops, stage the grain and clean different vessels or whatever. And then I was able to learn with them and start brewing. But I like yeah. gradually was able to, I wouldn't throw them to the fire or yeah. swim. So I actually learned a lot of stuff. And then I was brewer, seller, then for a while, then I moved into the pub brewer. Downtown location, that was original. It's a 15 barrel there, it's a 50 year. Right. So you do, you guys brew at both places still? So the last beer we brewed, was when COVID happened. Okay. Yeah. And it was an Irish red. It was part of the footwork series. That's mm-hmm. brewers can do their recipe and stuff like that. It was an Irish red that was supposed to be released on St. Patrick's day. And of course that mm-hmm. was right when everything. Yeah. St. Yep. Patrick's day was the day everything yep. shut down. So. Yeah. 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 So I remember putting everything up over there, but and I'll show you all upstairs. We have our cold brew coffee program. Oh yeah. That I, stuff is delicious. Yeah. Yes. I, have not tried I didn't it yet. realize that y'all did coffee roasting too, but I was always looking yeah. through the website and researching. Like, yeah. Man, yeah, that's yeah. wild. So I, was, do it yeah, all. I was doing that. We have a roaster here and I have two up there, but we also have a lot of contracts. Various different roasters up in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia. Okay. And we do their cold brew. So they bring their beans down. It's a three hundred gallon vessel. Okay. So we'll do that and then we'll keg and can. That started out like a side thing, like something like a side hustle, but it's mm-hmm. become very big. And we hired a new guy and um, Derek's his name. And he has 20 plus years of coffee experience, like uh, owning a mm-hmm. coffee shop. And I thought by having someone with that background instead of a brewer would work out. Mm-hmm. And he's 
it worked. Thanks. So we're going to stay on that for a second. It was just comforting because we had to like get the kinks out because we were approaching everything as brewers do. This person from um, Williamsburg, Virginia. So they call them Q graders in the coffee. It's like like a Cicerone, but they're they're pretty high. They yeah. actually go to the country. Yeah. But he came down and was like watching our process, and we only been doing it maybe eight months. And he said, "You're doing way more things than all these other people." He was really amazed and like documented all this stuff. We've had like scientists come out there and take reading. I mean, it's it's. Yeah, it's legit. Yeah, we haven't been talking about but somebody. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, no, it's, I actually, so we played Odin for one of my birthdays and yeah. someone wanted to buy me a birthday beer, but we were playing. So they, they gave us free beer. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'll take that Foothills coffee. I thought it was like coffee stout. Yeah. And I took it home and I got home and it was just a coffee. And I was just like, it's delicious coffee. But yeah. There ain't no alcohol <laughs> in this thing. Yeah. You got to be careful because that's about four times that you're know, concentrating as a drip coffee. Yeah. yeah. So it'll get yeah. you. Yeah. I put to... it in the fridge, drank it the next morning. I didn't yeah, <laughs> be careful. But... So you just had a baby, correct? Yes. How has that changed your uh, your schedule, your brewing, anything like that? No. Is it? No, it has not. It's my third. Oh, I got okay. three boys. Oh, and I was one that girl, but no, it didn't happen. And I think I'm. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Everything's great though. Yeah. But I will add to that. It's, you know, this industry and like the schedule is difficult. You have a family. I mean, like if you're single, if I was single, to be honest with it, you'd have to run me out of here. Yeah. yeah I'd yeah. stay because there's something all the time. It just, you know, beers and sleep and stuff is time consuming, tedious. And that's the hardest thing because there's always something to do. That's a lot of, I mean, sales are good and we're behind. Sometimes people ask, why don't you do more wilds, which we do, but we can't even fill the orders for, for the opium, brain, which yeah. is our flagship, yeah. you know, the bread and butter will. And, so going from home brewing into where you are now, where, like you said, you're behind and you're constantly just trying to keep up with what people want of mm -hmm. the, the flagships. Do you think it's taken a little bit of your creativity away from your, your brewing process? It's about the same. I, I am that type of person. I like production. I like making the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. Quality. Boom. Yeah. I write recipes, cool recipes, and like playing around. That's just not me. And that's probably why I'm still here. Because you got a lot of people that have another mindset. I'm not saying rock star, like the cool, like doing recipes, mm -hmm. but I just like doing it. Mm -hmm. I like moving product. I like sellers. I'll be honest, I like seller. I'll show you the centrifuge out there. That's, oh, yeah. that's my favorite piece. That's yeah, as awesome. soon as we walked in, we're like, this is the most impressive setup that yeah. we've been in so far. I mean, yeah, we've seen yeah. some big spaces, yeah, but, but. And I mean, we walk in here, we're like, we're wow. Like, oh, like a New York City. <laughs> yeah. And that's, a, you know, that's one of the good things about Hills. I have listened to a few of your podcasts. A lot mm -hmm. of people have been through here. I've worked with, I know a lot of you have worked with them. I'll be yeah. honest with you. It's hard to find every industry. I don't think we're unique, but I mean, it's like people yeah. looking for a job, not actually brewing. So when you find someone who has passion mm -hmm. and it's not just a job, yeah. you're not going to get rich. I tell people all the time when I interview people, I tell them the truth. I'm like, it's not glamorous. It's hot sweat. I mean, we're in a box, but if you have some type of passion or if you enjoy beer, being around it, great that's what we need because there's something about it i don't know i don't even know why i like it i like going <laughs> i like moving i can't sit like i sit here and maybe i'm back out there yeah but, yeah. Um, but there is something unique and people come together we hired a new female brewer hannah and hopefully you can talk to her she's in the pink boots i got another girl oh. coming that's in the pink boots starting soon yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to change the uh, the atmosphere and uh, i listened to some stuff about females and minorities mm. in it. and it's you have to get the interest of it it's hard yeah, but that's what I'm trying to do, and it's I love it. It is a big thing in all trades, I think. Like yes. you were saying, especially after COVID, so many trades people left whatever trades. I was in furniture at the time, mm -hmm. and they're like yeah. all the craftspeople are gone, yeah. and so now it's a struggle. Like, how do we get people interested in those trades again, especially mm -hmm. underrepresented communities? Yeah, 
That's it's hard. Point. And most, most breweries don't offer insurance, 401k, all those benefits. We do. Oh, nice. That's what I'm saying. We, it's, and it's tough because they're small. They can't afford it. Yeah. Let's yeah. just get on. Let's be real. But if I mean, people were looking, if they were interested to come work for y'all, how would they go about that? So they usually post, always post on the website mm-hmm. and Indeed. Like, yeah. They, they brought them in. They people just want to work. Just want something to do. Yeah. It works. You don't work. We found that you did some work with some charities. Can you tell uh, tell us a little bit more about like any of the charity work that you do? Yeah. So we've done a, a lot of charity work in the past. We don't do any of the monthly beers right now. Mm-hmm. We just do like hop of the month. For, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, for example, on each month, each beer gave 10% different charities. One was a Falcon charity a raptors I i'll be honest about that. you can probably talk to marketing about that more about the stuff <laughs> like that, that's more of them but yeah we do we, we donate stuff all the time to different you know events we have the run club here oh, yeah, i saw the sign when we walked nice. in yeah there's a bunch of pickleball stuff going on now that's really pickles and pints and like the business here is great they have stuff like bands all the time nice maxed out i know you said you're itching to start moving you want to go yeah, let's do yeah, some tour. Yeah, yeah. real quick. And I'll show you. I'll take you the way I take everybody. Cool. Yeah. So have you had any of our beers or anything? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So those guys over there are repacking some cans. Uh-huh. So we have yeah. a lot of packaging, which I'll show you later on the can line. We have a partner that actually packs everything in itself. Oh, wow. We're gonna go up these steps first. Okay. But so a lot of the packaging that we have there is older stuff we're trying to get out so we can move to the new packaging because the new the can line was put in let's see december of last year and it was in full operation in february so march april so it's only been about five months almost that we've been yeah. running it and i saw on your can is it your can on your bottle line you have the radiation sensor yes what is that for that's your fill level so okay. it comes down as a so x-rays to make sure it it's in the right spot okay yep. cool yep mm-hmm. yeah yeah it'll take it out to a tray and then so this over to the left is where the coffee roaster is. Put your light on, Bert. Oh, man. Um, two roasters. That's a five-pound, and that's a 25-pound. We don't really use this five-pound anymore. When he started, it was a pretty small operation. They got that from the old Bruner, or, uh, yeah, Bruner's Colonel Custard or something out there in Winston. Okay. So that's where that came from. It's just got a lot of history. Anyway, it comes to a Pat Tech here, Action Pat. And that's where he bags the coffee. Cool. Okay? So, yeah, and then the bean, green beans come in, and... We're in, we're in Lowe's Foods, Soda Wine, we're out and about, and, but yeah, and then we can all that as well. But like I said, the contracts, the other roasters we're doing, that's yeah, the big part. That's big, the yeah. money. <laughs> yeah, so as right, so we call this the mezzanine up here. So this is where, so this goes the balling line. This is the box maker. So like cases, 12 packs, will come down in here and this thing, we'll just set it up. Yeah, suction cups will open it up, pack it in with glue. There's, there's the glue right here, hot glue, mm-hmm. sends it in there. Slings it here, and we actually got six packs here. So this is a six pack erector. This thing is a machine. It pulls it apart and drops the bore six packs into a case. Okay, so that they line. can go down into yeah. it. Yeah. And then they go down the little spiral things. Exactly. I was looking at that earlier. Okay. Yeah, they go down the spiral down Bear Bill. And then there, there's a drop packer down there, but we'll we'll walk the line. You'll kind of yeah. get better. Because it's a lot to it. And stuff breaks, things happen. You got to fix it. Us. Yeah, a lot to it. Now, what kind of production schedule does Foothills do? Because uh, I heard that you guys used to be 24-7, correct? We still are Monday through Friday. Okay. okay. Just not seven days a week? Yeah. On the weekends, it's like lab stuff. I'll kind of swing in. You know, someone will swing in, check some gravities, temps, change some things. 
oh yeah, we don't have production going on the weekend anymore. Yeah, we were, we were rolling like wide open, somebody. And then with packages right now, we used to have two shifts, two 12 hour shifts. And now we got one, but you got to think about this. We had that whole, you know, 24 hours, we got to get done at seven, but we have better equipment. You yeah. You more efficient. So, yeah. So you bring up your efficiency and you take less time to do yeah, the same thing. We'll go, yeah. we'll go back down there. But yeah. That's, you know, that's the main thing. Like we get getting better equipment saying we'll have less people, but it's easier as much labor. There's a whiteboard down here, and I'll show you the production week, and you see how it flows. But here's our, you know, this is a good layout. So we got 22 fermenters. That's the FVs, 20, yeah. 21, 22. You got your six bright tanks, you know, beer bright tank, DBT. And then you got your brew house, Monday through Friday, cellar, bottling, canning, kegging, yeast. And I'll show you our uh, yeast propagator as well, so we prop up yeast. Oh, okay. Like a small little liter, and, mm -hmm. and then we'll pitch it into one of those 400s. If you got a fresh pitchable for a 400, you're going to have a lot. You save a yeah. lot of money this way. It's a good piece yeah. of equipment. Yeah. And then the brink, we're pitching it into our, we actually brewed pumpkin. Wait. Oh, you got to get it out. Octoberfest, too. This is the boiler. Wintertime is a good place to be. Not now. <laughs> it's not too bad in there right yeah. now. So, what she's doing now, she's checking the, uh, the DO on that tank. A dissolved oxygen, that's an orbisphere, so that's a nice piece of equipment to have. You know, because most of your brewers, you're going to see, you know, taking carbs, they got a Zom shaker, Zom and Nagel, and it's like, it's like a shake weight. Yeah, we have a Gehaltometer, so you just hook it up to the swivel, run it through, it's, it's worth every penny. <laughs> that's the mash time. The mill room's all the way back to the far right. You got this stainless steel auger pipe, that's what sends all the grain to the hopper. We go to the mash time. Hell yeah. yeah. It's a big boy. We've downsized a little bit. We used to like kettle full, you know, 64 barrels. So yeah, there's the mass ton. We got pumps all under here that are controlled up here. It's a cool thing about this system, the DME. They went out of business a while back. You can't find any parts anymore, but this is all manual. And that's what makes it a good place to learn. And you know, a lot of these automated systems now, you can push a button. It's nice, but I enjoy this system. You know, it's fine. Like, yeah, you're like, you're like you actually like being hands-on yeah, in the hands-on yeah, yeah, no. stuff. That's so, cool. Yeah. Nine. Yeah. Kettle, fours. Yeah. Pull everything for 90 minutes here. This tank right here, that's our hot liquor tank. This one to the right, you can see that's a whirlpool. We got a steam heat exchanger that sends the water. We just harvested one of the big 400 barrel fermenters last night. So we got 4,000 pounds. Yeah, and that's what we do here. If you look at a hundred barrel, that's a hundred barrel tank. We try, which we never harvest that. It's not enough. That's a thousand. So he's like two hundred barrel. You try to get two thousand pound. That's a nice thing to have. Is all you got to do. So we got all these panels here. You can see panel one. We got water, hot water, cold water hooked up. We got different pipelines to go to the, you know, any type of cellar work, wort line, packaging, tanning. So instead of running straight hose, you got all these panels you just jump. Everything's jumping. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so you just oh, hook it up yeah. to that panel and oh, it's send yeah. it over. It saves. Yeah, it's great. Fifth, it's a hop weighing station. Nice. We source all the water. We got filter bags back there, but the city water, it's muddy because it's coming from the Yakin River. It goes through bag filters and it goes to these carbon filters. And then it goes through a uh, UV thing as well. So it's, I mean, it's hitting everything. So it comes in good. Yeah. And the water here is, it's, it's fine. There's nothing wrong. It's good. It's good water to brew with. If anybody's adding any salts, it's probably like, you know, calcium chloride, nothing major. Uh, this is all your grain? This is the specialty grain. So we have three silos in the back. They hold about 50,000 pounds a piece. Probably walk around back. How much time y'all got? With coffee. Oh yeah, that's a, wow. that's a big old grain silo. Yeah. Oh, oh, look at that. A beaver. Yeah. 
So yeah, he's eating Grand grains. Yes, it? Probably. No. <laughs> so here's the two chillers. That's the original chiller in the back, which is the, I'll show you that, the original seller. This is the big one we got. You see the foothills in them on it. They have a pro chiller, so this is the uh -huh. big one that goes all. You can see that it's like yeah, those... inlet and outlet. This thick. Woof. That's heavy duty right there. <laughs> then we got the three silos, the two silver whole pell, two row, uh -huh. and that old Carolina blonde, that's the Pilsner. And there, there's augers that feed. They go right from there, yeah. Yep, there's the flow scale in there, you control it, it just feeds it in. Eek. And then there's the hopper, that little green thing is the hopper there. And the, I don't think a trailer's pulled up, but yeah, the trailer's just back in there and we just dump it in and then they go on. <laughs> you wouldn't believe people have weddings here and all types of stuff. So we utilize this I, area. They oh, had just like, out here in the... Yeah, and out, out in the brewery too. They had some type of Toberfest thing a while back and they were shooting pumpkins or something. <laughs> and I had a big <laughs> pumpkin patch. It was pumpkins like growing for two years. And I asked people to mow, not to mow over, but they did. But it was cool to have a little pumpkin, pumpkin patch. Yeah. Right but this is the old cellars. You can see we got, all right, so these are 300 barrels. They got four 200 barrels and then these are all 100. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can rinse through it, then you can break it all down. Yeah, you want to send water through the whole thing. Yeah, so I'm training quite a bit. Training yeah. and on a podcast at the same time. Yeah, that's all good. These containers right here are hop freezers, so we keep all our hops in there. Oh, oh dang. Cool. Yeah, they're just converted, they're nice. So this is where we hang out in the summer. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Oh yeah, my God, feels good. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Dang. Yeah, we just palletized and keep everything in there. Yeah, that's Shouldn't crazy. I've never seen nice. a freezer converted out of like a shipping container. Yeah. This is the new can line, Profil, out of Wisconsin. Fantastic. Okay. They can do it up to 200 cans a minute. Oh, shit. So they, oh. 200. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'll show you a video she, later. It's, she cooks. It's unreal. Yeah, it's, that's it, crazy. It's yeah, it's like I said, we, we got this thing in December, November, December, and we started, you know, rolling around February. Yeah, it was getting all the kinks out of it. Yeah, brewing's even. Yeah. I mean, packaging, getting out the door, that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And this is centrifuge. Okay. This is awesome. Give me the rundown. All right, so this thing will turn at 6,400 RPMs. Whew. So basically, let's just look at this. So the panels are coming from the fermenters and they're going to the bright things. We have pathways, we have an EQ and a product. EQ means equalize. What we do is we're running caustic, you pair see it, lines are packed, and then you're using positive pressure from the bright tank whatever tank you're coming, use that to save CO2 because basically that tank is purging out parasitic to the ground. Then you open up the valve to the fermenter so they can equalize throughout the spin. So you're not just putting positive pressure CO2, wasting CO2, you're using the tanks to your abandon both okay, ways. Oh yeah, using the pressure of either exactly. one to give and take. But so the beer comes in here from the racking arm. I'll show you, you see that racking arm? The racking arm's here, yeah. straight up. So it's kind of like an elephant trunk, what I call it going up and then you can work your way down. Especially, you know, with dry hop stuff, you want to start up and work your way down. You don't want to go to the bottom because all that stuff's for true of your hops. And you sitting at far. the bottom yeah. and yeah. you're going to fall it up. Now the non-dry hop styles, we do what they call a cone spin. So we have this contraption that we hook up. So we're pulling from the racking arm in the bottom to mix the yeast because the centrifuge can handle it. Okay. So we call it spinning. Because all yeah. it does is it just spins it out, particulates, protein, hops, whatever, organic. It'll sling it out and dump it down the drain and it'll start over, it'll fill up again. So slowly you run it, the cleaner, brighter it'll be. Yeah. Now, if you want like a hazy, run it fast. Cause it'll, it'll pick up a lot of the, you know, like hop, you know, matter, yeah, too, but it'll yeah. still be, it'll be clean. I, I love it. It's my favorite piece of equipment. It's my favorite thing to do, yeah. period. <laughs> <laughs> these are 60 barrel fermenters. These, these used to be at the club. So we moved them over okay. here. 
Yeah, we still got all the tanks over there, but a lot of them, most of them have been used for coffee. We can still brew beer there. I, I have everything ready to rock. It's just, like I said, we got to catch up here. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. catch up yeah. here. It's like starting one project at the house. You need to get caught up on that one before you start five other projects. Absolutely. Yeah, and these are 400s. So had these here for five, six years. So do you go up there and that's where you do all like your dry hopping and stuff? Do you, you have a ladder that takes you all the way up there? It's a list. It's a list. It's a list, yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't be free. One day we'll get a catwalk. Man, that yeah, that'd be cool. cool. And this is a yeast propagator, which is actually propagating yeast right now. I was wondering about this thing. I was like, what is this little This is yeah. awesome. What we do is we'll send wort into this side. Okay. Boil it. Yeah. We're making a starter. And then you add your yeast and it's dosing. We have air, pressed air going in, recircling. So many hours, ale, lager, whatever. We'll do it for certain, in this case, you know, 64 hours. So it's recircling this up. And the gravity's great where we want it. We'll bung it up, put pressure on it. And then when we're knocking out the next war, whatever tank we're going in, we'll pitch this in line. Oh. Yeah, it's, and then this turns into a brink. Just like you, that's a brink, that's a brink. You yeah. have a half barrel keg, that's a brink. You yeah. the same thing. It's just different sizes. Thank you. So how many uh, barrels of liquid do you guys produce a year? Right now, right, we're right at 27. We're down a lot more, I think. The most we ever do, and I've been here, Close to 40, right at 40, 40,000. So we're going now. We got this. This is what we needed. We're canning to get there. Of course, the cans come on these big pallets. These are 19.2 stove pipes. So we did 19.2 and 12 pounds. Are these rocked and ready to roll? Or? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So they're pre-printed, which is nice. Instead of having to deal with a labeler. Yeah. Like the blank cans. Oh, yeah. So cheaper we, to get them pre-printed. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in this, probably in this quantity. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. That was the whole thing with the can shortage, I believe, was like you had to get you know a truckload and if you don't have the capacity to store it or big enough you can't yeah. get it that's what we talked to uh, reese canning yeah and she was saying that was like the biggest problem that everyone was having to get these big things and of cans and not having a place to stick them yeah we had Ironheart here planted while we were waiting on this can line we had tap hopper in here so i ordered all of them it's just like the max they can do is 50 barrels a day and that's yeah. like yeah that's a lot yeah and that that's not we do I mean, that's way more than that here quadruple that bro <laughs> yeah, it's just we need the capacity to get it. Someone wants to get into brewing, whether it be home brewing or get their foot in the door somewhere like this. What advice would you give them? Be willing to do anything. Work, grind, wash keg is part of it. Every brewer, they're even running their you know little brew pub. They got to wash keg. They got to do it all. So yeah, don't don't be too high and mighty, ego and pride and stuff like that. Don't let that get in your way. You got to start somewhere. If you want it if you want it, which I personally I started from the bottom. Now I work my way, but I work. Can you I, do it all again? Um, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would have probably, instead of criminal justice, did engineering. Yeah. That's about what I would have done. Yeah. Because like I said, you, I love it somebody, you're not going to get rich. So it's, uh, it's one of those things. You got to have a passion for it. Or I'd tell everybody, if it's just a job, find the job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah find yeah. the job. Well, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that was Thanks. awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm still blown away by that brewing setup. If you're out in Winston-Salem, you gotta go check it out for yourself. You can really see the learning environment that Matt and his team foster at Foothills. If you're looking for a place to grow as a brewer, you should stop by and fill out an application. And say hi to Matt for us. Until next time, keep drinking local. Cheers to that, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>